This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by Muck Delivery, bringing you the food you love. Muck Delivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door, including my favourite, the Quarter Pounder with cheese. Mm. No matter the result, you'll always be winning with Muck Delivery, so the only thing left to say is, are you in? Order now on the McDonald's app and you can also get reward points delivered too. So the ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus rewards registration required. Points only on menu items. Delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Hello, everybody, and welcome to episode number 277 of the Stacey West podcast. I am your host, Ben, and this week I'm joined by Charlie Beeson. How are you doing, mate? Are you all well? I am extremely well, actually, yes. Um, you know, coming back off a pretty good run for for Lincoln. Uh, not a good run for me. Uh, it's been raining all day. Won't lie. <laughs> Haven't been out for a run when I was supposed to have done, but it's mm. fine. I'll just go tomorrow. Although I really can't be saying that for the next seven weeks, can I? Uh, but no, I'm, I'm very well. Uh, I had a very busy weekend last weekend. I was uh, London and Gibraltar and... And back and pretending to do uni work and you know so it's, it's been it's been very busy but also extremely fun what about yourself Ben? I'm all right mate yeah I had, uh, had last week off work so came back to um, a slight amount of chaos not quite as much as I thought it was going to but um, yeah no a slight amount of chaos and uh, been a very busy week this week um, but it has been peppered by uh, lots of positive things coming out of, uh, of Central Bank, which is always, always pleasing to see. Um, I mean, we've we've not spoken on on air or on record about uh, about the game on Saturday. Obviously, it's been a gone, but it it just felt good to to come away with another home win, didn't it? Really, it was just great. I loved it. Yeah, absolutely. Um, it's just just it it's, it warms your heart. It really does. It's it's funny because um, obviously, like I say, I was I was in London. Then it was the first home game I'd missed in a few years, and I'm sat there watching it from Albania. I think it was actually on on Saturday. And uh, yes, I, I finally get to make sort of that comment. I know that's normally a, a Gary special, um, and yeah, it was it's kind of obviously out having drinks afterwards and. Do you know what? that's probably the best mood I've been in out drinking in ages? Because normally it seems to have been recently, whenever I've gone out for a night out after a Lincoln game, we've always bloody lost. And, and I'm always miserable until I get a lot of Jaeger bombs down me. <laughs> <laughs> There's that. And also, we end up doing something stupid. So, um, did you do yes, anything stupid after we... the Exeter game? Um, did I do any? Well, <laughs> that we're allowed to talk about on air, shall we just say? <laughs> so moving on (laughs) (laughs) but no overall it's been uh, it's been good no there's been uh, there's been some positive stuff happening in the minute which is uh, always always good to see Um, but before we do jump into it uh, for the week we just want to send all of our best wishes and uh, you know get well soon wishes and everything to uh, Mr. Stu Fox um, avid podcast listener sits near me in the the ground and we you know he's always uh, Always around for a good chat. Um, get well, stu- get well soon, Stu. Um, you know, hopefully, uh, you know, you're feeling better and on your feet again, relatively quickly. Um, and that goes from all of us here at the uh, at the pod. Um, but we shall. We, well, there hasn't been a huge amount of news coming out of the club um, this week. We were talking off air. It's it's been a relatively quiet one, but. Sometimes that's a good thing. You know, I think there's been some stuff that Marcus Gabala said, which we'll touch on when we come to preview the weekend's game. But, um, the, the, I mean, we, we kind of were scraping the barrel for some news. But if you are um, one of the people that has already renewed your season tickets, number one, make sure you tweet Andy Pearson. And number two, um, the Legends Lounge is uh, available for, I believe it's 90 people that have... Um, 
upgraded or sorry upgraded uh, renewed their season ticket for next season and that is uh, available as a kind of a free thank you um to, to people if you want to sit in your regular seat you can use the facilities you can have some food and then you can go into the ground and, and sit in your regular seat or if you want to you can sit in upper two in the in the padded seats and everything else uh to enjoy that but um i think you need to email the club there is a piece on the website about it um but yeah, no, nice little, nice little sweetener for those that have uh, dipped in and, and got the twenty four, twenty five season ticket in it. Yeah, it is uh, it is very a nice little sort of treat for people, and definitely make sure that we have the Legends Lounge and and, and I think it's the two hundred club as well that you can use as well. So I think they're um, also including that, if I'm not mistaken. So definitely it's make indeed, sure. Yeah. Yes, yeah, so definitely make sure that we sort of sell that out, sell in sort of inverted commas, considering it is free. Uh, I'll be honest, not renewed my season ticket yet, um, you know, with uh, what was a pretty expensive weekend, shall we say, especially <laughs> losing money in the casino. But we're not going to go down that road. Um, <laughs> what was a pretty expensive weekend meant that, you know, we'll wait till next student loan comes in until I renew mine because, you know, I can only afford six stakes a week now rather than the <laughs> traditional seven. So I'm, we, I'm we, struggling. I'm on my ass. I tell you. We have discussed <laughs> this as well, Charlie. You need to cut back from filet mignon. It's just you've got to... <laughs> I can't occasionally go with a sirloin. I am an addict. (laughs) Um, So yeah, uh, if you um, you know if you want to get on that, um, also if you're if you're a hospitality lounge member already, you can bring a friend along for free. Um, So there we go. That is probably the main bit of news that's that's come out this week. But uh, piece on uh, piece on StacyWest.net. Gary has written uh, a bit of an ode to Ted Bishop, um, and I think it's it's one that leads into a question. So we'll we'll start the conversation around Ted, um, and just how he's obviously the the play that's been interviewed uh, before the pre match this week as well. So yeah, he's he's really really come into his own, and, and listening to him speak, he sounds like he he's really settled and he's found his feet and I'm, I'm genuinely just chuffed for him because he's obviously had a tough time. He's not played in his preferred position for a very long time at Lincoln. Um, I think he's, you know, he said himself, he's played at uh, wing back, he's played at right back, he's played uh, in, well, on the wing, he's played up front, he's played as a more defensive midfielder, but now he's kind of in that spot in front of the two which I think is, it just suits him down to the ground, doesn't it? Especially when you've got the likes of, you know, Ethan Hamilton and Ethan Arahan behind him. Um, I think he's been a bit of a revelation for us recently, in particular, you know, since Michael Scabal has come in. And obviously the biggest thing with Ted is keeping him fit. Um, and he's managed to do that really well. So, yeah, I mean, you know, I, I, I presume we all agree with with essentially the sentiment that Gary wrote there, Charlie. Oh yeah, absolutely. Uh, I think Ted Bishop is one of the best quality in terms of technical ability players that Lincoln have got. There's any denying that. I think he's absolutely fantastic um, on, on his day, you know, and his day is becoming, you know, seemingly every Saturday at three o'clock at the minute. And, <laughs> and you know, really, really is brilliant for him. And, uh, you know, Gary, Gary kind of mentioned at the end of that article, um, oh, you know, who knew that all we actually had to do was play him in his preferred position and yeah. you need to be able to get the best out of Ted. And then obviously, funnily enough, today in the pre-match press conference, he made a point of saying it himself, like, you know, I'm, I'm loving playing in my position. I'm loving playing some of the best football and, and all of this. And absolutely, he is a fantastic player and he suits that three-man midfield system with Ethan Hamilton and uh, Ethan Aaron, or even, as we've had over the last couple of games, you know, maybe an Ethan Arahan and a Conor McGrandles. He still mm. suited that system absolutely fantastically. And it's um, yeah, it's something I'm really excited for in kind of this, obviously our late playoff push that we're definitely on um, as uh, <laughs> Gary, Gary and Chris tried to kind of explain on uh, Sunday's podcast. It, it's happening, but no, okay. You see, we can only drop points in three matches out of 13. Let's I know, not but get there's, ahead of ourselves. I, 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 know there's, I know it's a very, very, very slim chance, and it is basically like that bit in Dumb and Dumber where Jim Carrey goes, so you're saying there's a chance. But there is always one team... <laughs> there, well, I don't know. Pick <laughs> There's always one team that comes out of absolutely nowhere to snag seventh, uh, to snag sixth. Sorry, um, you know. So I, 
I don't know. I'm not saying it's going to happen. I'm not saying that I'm getting my hopes up for it, but it'd be nice, wouldn't it? It really would. And obviously, even, even you know, notwithstanding any kind of a late player flush, I, I don't, as much as I'd love to uh, kind of get behind it, I don't see it happening, anything like that. But at the end of the day, it's we're still in a position where it looks like we're going to be finishing the season in a position that is at the very least where we are now, potentially mm-hmm. higher. You know, with, with recent form and the way we're playing it. And it's funny because it's so easy to get carried away when you're on good form. Mm-hmm. I, but the, but you've kind of got to take a step back and think, okay, well, why are we on this form? And this was a thing at the start of the season. I've mentioned it on the podcast once or twice. Um, and it was a monthly show that I did with Chris at the end of August, where obviously we, we're five unbeaten in all competitions, I think, by that point. And you know, we're on a really good run. We've had those back-to-back 3-0 victories at home and all of this. And it's like, oh my God, yes, we're, we're fantastic. Blah, blah, blah. We're winning the league. You know, we're, we're getting easy playoffs and all this. But one of the things that I kind of said was that I'm not actually that hyped up, if you like, because some of the underlying stats weren't there. Some yeah. of our attacking metrics simply weren't there. Defensively, yes, but our attacking metrics weren't there. As obviously we know, and that was maybe a, a bit of a flaw in Mark Kennedy's play style. Not saying that it was the wrong play style, just saying it was a different play style to obviously what we're on now. And then obviously we had the injuries and we're losing loads of these games and you've got some people that then are reacting the other way, like, oh, we're going to get relegated, all of this. It's like, I understand the fear. I absolutely do. The same as I understand that kind of hype around, let's get the playoffs, of course. So it's what binds us football fans. If you don't come out of a match either worried about relegation or excited about the potential of a playoff push, well, some people will think, what's the point? I don't think that, but some people very much do. If ever you want an and... explanation of the duality of man, you just look at a football <laughs> fan, don't you? It's like, Exa- no, either exactly. extremely high or we're going to all get relegated. Exactly. But the position we're in at the minute, this run of form, it's no yeah. accident, it's no coincidence. We yeah. knew what our issues were. We knew that we obviously had major injuries to the squad in certain areas of the squad. We also knew that Michael Skubala came in and was effectively Saturday, Tuesday for about four weeks. So mm-hmm. didn't really have much time on the training pitch with the players. And there were all of these little factors that, again, you know, I've said it on the podcast, we never, ever use the word excuses because that's not that's not right. But there were explanations as to why things simply weren't going our way in certain matches. But there were still good performances and signs of promise and all of this. So the run that we're on now, it's simply a culmination of everything finally coming together. Now, obviously, Touchwood, hopefully that stays till the end of the season because the last thing we want is any more major injuries. But... Ted Bishop playing, being able to play in his natural position is obviously a big part of that. He's keeping himself fit at the minute. He's be, we're playing with that kind of three-man midfield primarily, so that you know, and it does suit him. Not necessarily playing that just for him, but because we've got two strikers typically in every game now, we can play that formation. So things are just very much falling into place to create this kind of. I don't want to say perfect because it isn't perfect. There's always so much more that we can do, but this really nice little bubble. And then this is the thing with Ted Bishop, because, and the, I know that you got a question, didn't you, Ben? And I'll let you kind of sort of say the specific words of the question in a second, you know. But the question is effectively, do we keep Ted Bishop come the summer? Because it's believed that he's out of contract. Yeah, so that was mentioned in the uh, in the pre match um, press conference mm. as well. So I think it's. It's bordering on common knowledge at this point yep. that, that Ted will be out of contract in the summer. And he sort of said, you know, it's out of my hands, but I'd love to stay. And all of the stuff you tend to hear when a player's coming to the end of their contract. Um, anyway, but um, yeah, we had a question from Paul um, who said um, that obviously the wording is Gary and Chris mentioned at the in the podcast on, on Sunday that 70% of our starting lineup against Exeter were players owned by the club. Um, so obviously some will be reaching the end of their current deals. Um, and of the ones that we know of, um, because yeah, as a slight aside, a lot of the contract talk is kind of by design. It's a little bit ambiguous these days, isn't it? You hear a lot of long-term deals or short-term deal. You don't necessarily hear joined us on a two and a half year contract or three year contract in in the summer. That kind of thing. To um, to a degree, yes, but 
that that was the case, and we're kind of losing the last cohort where that is the case because I'm uh, I, I am aware that sort of Clive and some of the other members of the Exco board have specifically wanted to start putting out um, sort of putting public the information regarding contract lips. So, for example, if you look okay. at the signings we made this previous summer. They almost all had specific contract lengths in the press release. So, mm-hmm. yeah, I, I very much agree. You know, there was a lot of kind of ambiguity to it. But yeah, we're that's kind of what I mean. In the last cohort. Yeah. yeah, it was kind of the, the ones that are going to be in the discussion yeah. around this time was was that kind of long-term, short-term discussion. Um, but... Um, yeah, he said. You know, he's then given a couple of a uh, couple of suggestions and said, you know, of those of those that we believe to be out of contract in the summer, are, are there any that we should um, not break the bank, but you know, kind of go all out to to make sure that they stay at the club and and hope that you know we can keep them here. Um, and the first one that he's mentioned, of course, is is Ted. You know, that, that discussion is being had in public at this point now. So. Um, yeah, I mean, you know, Paul said here, personally for me, a fit Ted Bishop gets into 90% of any League One sides and Skubala seems to be getting the best out of him. And I would agree with that. However, there is the big question mark with Ted over can he stay fit for extended periods of time? Now, he's got, he's obviously on a run of games at the minute, which is, you know, fantastic for us and fantastic for him. But I think there is that lingering question. It's it's almost a, a when rather than if situation, isn't it, with with Ted? And you know, is he going to be is he going to be fully fit for whenever, or is it going to be another one where, oh, we might be out for a game, or we might play forty five and then miss the next game? Or it, I, I I really don't want this to sound like I'm just sitting here slinging it at Ted, but it it's it there's that element of reliability that just isn't fully there. Um, to me, I would, I would, you know, offer him a, a, a year, um, a, a year-long contract extension, or you know, dependent on appearances, another extension depending on you know that kind of stuff. I don't know how these deals can and will be structured, um, but yeah, I, I'd love to see Ted stay at Lincoln City. I think he's one of the best, like you say, technically one of the best players that we've got. And on his day, when he has the likes of Arahan behind him, I think he's walks into most teams in the division but there's that question mark for me yeah um you've yeah very much agree on that uh that my my issue with ted i don't have an issue with ted you know I'm not <laughs> my issue with ted i'll meet him in the car see, park at see, I'm gonna say, see, no no around the back a little no and <laughs> <laughs> offer him out no, look, my uh my my only issue the reason I find it difficult to love Ted, all right, I find it difficult to love him because I've felt that in the past there have been times where he's shown this level of form over mm. a run of four, five, six games and then drops away and then suddenly you're not really seeing the best of Ted Bishop anymore. And some of that is obviously fitness, but also some of that is simply inconsistent form. And that's very much, you know, I, I'll be honest, I, found that a little bit of an issue at times with Ted. And I think mm-hmm. it's one of those where we've very much, I myself have done it at times with, with Ted as I've kind of flip-flopped in between whether or not he's uh, one of the key players in the team and then whether he's just a squad asset, whether he's somebody we should look to be moving on, whether he's... But do you, um, not, you, know, do you not think that a lot of that has stemmed because he's been sort of played here, well, there and everywhere? The, the, that's the thing. This is what I was sort of getting to because the, it's kind of refreshing to hear you know straight from the horse's mouth if you like that he 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 acknowledges that he's never really had that proper good run of consistent games over an extended quarter half season spell Mm. and a lot of that you know it's probably down to kind of being in a position or a role even if it's the same position a central midfield position a role that hasn't necessarily suited him whereas now he's got that now I wouldn't I had this conversation with uh, Roy on Twitter the other week. We are talking about Ted Bishop and contract, what do you do with him and all of this? And it's like, well, you know, on the one hand, he's a fantastic player, great to keep around and all of that. And he could really help us next season if we were on a, you know, a more consistent playoff push throughout the whole season. Then I think he could be a real key part of that. But at the flip side, I wouldn't want to commit to 
Ted Bishop now to then have him fail us in a, in a little bit of a way. You know, it won't be a failure in any way. Now, my also thing with that, and this is unbelievably cynical, and for the record, I am saying these words, but I do not believe it's about Ted Bishop. I'm sure that this is not, you know, it's not the case, but how many players do you see perform their best in the final six months of their contract? Oh, the now, Tony Battersby syndrome. Well, you know, I'm not. I, I don't think that that is the case at all with Ted Bishop. I think no, he's found no, a manager that not. he's found a manager that plays a system that suits him perfectly. I think he's been given that license and that confidence to be moving the ball forward, moving the ball through the thirds, and I think he's he's fantastic at that. For me, you don't make a you don't make a decision on Ted Bishop until until the final ball has been kicked at the end of the season, and I I understand that from the players' point of view. That's yeah. unbelievably harsh because he'll want to know early. And also, that would run the risk of us potentially losing him if he was to sort of verbally agree somewhere else. But I wouldn't want to kind of jump the gun too early with Ted Bishop. That's that's my only thinking, but I can see the positives. The negative, he, he's taking away the negatives of re-signing him every game he plays at the minute. Oh, absolutely. But, yeah. but they are just still lingering in, in my mind personally, and if they, you know, they might be lingering in sort of Jez's eyes or, or Skubala's eyes, or you know, I think so. it. I, I, I think the the decision to offer him a contract is kind of similar to when we had the likes of you know Liam Bridcut and and Michael Boswick in the squad. That they were players that would you know more experienced. Um, That's a little um, harsh on Ted. His injury record's not been quite that bad. No, it hasn't, but it's a similar... I think it's a similar feel. Yeah. You know, you 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 may have to start pricing up, you know, okay, we're going to be paying him whatever it is that he's on his, on his contract. Is it going to be worth what we're paying him for the number of games that we'll get? And yes, it is, it is a harsh comparison, but it's the, it's the feeling that I get when, you know, with regard to that discussion. Mm. Um, I, like I said, I don't think it's anything quite as serious as that, but... Uh, I think there is still a lot more to get out of Ted, and I'd, I'd love to see him do it in red and white. Um, but it does bring us on to other players uh, that we believe, or you know, we are of the understanding that they may be uh, reaching the end of their deal in the summer. Um, the other big name is Lars Sorensen, who, um, in Paul's question, he's he said uh, last needs to be left a ro- left alone in a room with a contract and a pen and not let out of it until he signs, um, which might you know might break some uh, rules of the Geneva Convention or just general human rights abuses. But I agree with the sentiment. I think um, to me, I think Lars Sorensen has to be a Lincoln City player at the start of next season, unless we get un- unless there is somehow a massive fee achieved for him, which is looking unlikely given that he is out of contract at the end of the summer. Um, So, you know, I think, um, yeah, this is, this is one where if you were to use the phrase, break the bank, I think this would be the the choice for that. I reckon. Um, I think he's been absolutely pivotal to us this season. You know, he's, he's been a revelation since he went to right, uh, to right wing back. Um, and I think, to be honest, a lot of people now they look at it and go, you know, Regan who, um, having you know, having lost Regan Paul at the end of last season and really worrying about the defensive options that we had. I think last coming in, taking that number two shirt and and making it his own. To me, he's an integral part of this squad. You know, he's 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 not a player that I would envision going somewhere unless there was, like I say, big money involved or he reaches the natural end of his contract, which by all accounts is, is coming up at the end of the summer. So, yeah, thoughts on on what we'd do with last, Charlie? Well, two things. Obviously, first of all, we don't necessarily know that he's out of contract in the summer, but obviously that's what, for example, the likes of Transfer Markt do say. So yep. there, is, there is a chance there. Um, look, with Lass Orenson, he is not just a pivotal player for this Squad. He's also a pivotal player for this football club. Mm-hmm. The amount of stuff that he does away from on the pitch. I've, I mean, the me- the media and the commercial guys just must, must absolutely <laughs> love him because he just he just does so much, and he is exactly what 
when you talk about a Lincoln City player, he's exactly what you what you want. Someone that just lives and breathes this football club. Someone that just lives and breathes this community. And he's he's always been so so good at that. So for that reason as well, definitely somebody you want to keep around. I um, well, it was it was when me and Chris were having our evening with Jez uh, back in what was it September. One of the discussions was around Las Orenson. And for the record, contract didn't come up, so I don't know anything that anybody else doesn't know. I'd, I'd love to, but contract didn't come up. Uh, but we spoke about Lass Aronson's kind of resurgent form since, mm-hmm. obviously, the move to right wing back. And as soon as kind of that comment was made, Jez immediately shot it down. He went, no, the move to right wing back has absolutely nothing to do with the new look Lass Aronson that we started seeing. What made Lass be better was the fans chanting his name was people falling in love with him which then meant he fell in love with people which then just meant confidence grew and yeah. he absolutely flourishes on that and flies off that so this is the thing with last you can tell because he even he when a player it. is even when a player is absolutely knackered he'll still be running around with a smile on his face he's just so kind of happy to be here and they're the intangibles there's the they're the things you just can't trade they're the things that when you're looking on football manager and you're looking at which which stats a player has that are better than the comparison player those are the things that still mean a player can play better that you don't actually see that is what last Aronson can bring us as well as the fact he's a bloody good footballer he's energetic pace down that kind of right wing from the sort of the right wing back position is outstanding uh, he can create so many opportunities for us. He can win us a lot of set pieces as well, the amount that he's able to drive and create some of those kind of last um, sort of back post, late running into the box shots. All of those sorts of things are fantastic. When you've got a Ted Bishop running with the ball straight down yeah. the middle of a line, you want to know that he's got Rico Hackett, for example, on the left-hand side, Ben House, for example, in front of him, and last time on the right, you've got that outlet at all opportunities. And also, one of the big things, whenever you see our goalkeeper get the ball, last Sorensen is on his bike. He's in the, he's in the <laughs> opposition half before the keeper's even stood up with the with the ball in his hands. <laughs> like I say, it's just it's those little things that yeah. you can you can train to an extent, but a player is not gonna do unless they're in love with where they are and unless they're playing at their best and unless they've got that confidence. And that's exactly what Lass Aronson brings us. As long as he's got that, we keep him on. It's as simple as that. I really, really think he he would be an integral part of a strong Lincoln City side, which I think is something we're seeing, obviously, at the minute. So absolutely with Lass. Yeah, 100%. Um, and then I think the last one that I think we were talking about briefly was um, Mr. Mandroyu. I don't know. Yeah. The full ins and outs of his contract situation, but um, it, it it's one that could potentially be up in the summer. Yeah, so again, this is one that is uh, listed on transfer marks, and obviously, for the record, you can never really take these too much. But at the same time, young lad coming over from Ireland, two year contract doesn't exactly seem out of the question that that's what we gave him. So you know, there is very much the chance that that is the case. Danny Mandrew is he's a really really difficult one, I think. Um, yeah. I'll be honest, in the January transfer window, I wouldn't have been too surprised to see us move him on when he had that period of suspension to okay. try and get a little bit of money for him um, purely because there was obviously that kind of love loss with the fans, wasn't there? You know, we kind of just spoken about all the other stuff with Lass Aronson and unfortunately Danny in the sort of winter had a little bit of the opposite with a section of the fan base. I'm not going to say all the fans, not at all, because that isn't the case, but a section of the fan base, you know, people saying he should never put wear the shirts again and all of this sort of thing. Obviously don't agree with any of that, but think there's a, there's kind of a thing with Danny Mandroy. I think he is a fantastic, fantastically skilled technical player. And I made the point on the podcast, uh, few weeks back saying you know he would stand out in a really strong Lincoln City side he would be able to create and I think there are some games where he's very suited to it but at the same time and this sounds really really harsh he's replaceable so if there is that kind of love lost and he, he isn't really able to pick up and find the form in the second half of this season as he did let's say in the first month 
then for me, I, I'd probably be willing to let him go. And for the record, and I know you know this could get sort of started. Oh well, that's a failure of the model. It isn't. It's not, every, not every single transfer is going to work out. Danny Manjuru is a fantastic player on paper. He's a fantastic player when he's playing well. You know, it sounds very kind of stupid and simple to say, but unfortunately, things you know, a multitude of factors just haven't seemed to really go on his way at Lincoln City so far. At times they have, but at other times they haven't. So I think it wouldn't be too I wouldn't be too upset to see us kind of move on, even though I do think he's a fantastic player. See, I think <sighs> I think he's the kind of player that if you have him on your books, technically he's too good to let go. Mm. Um, you know, you, you you kind of, you won't expect it week in, week out, but there's always that potential moment of, you know, magic. I mean, the sadness is that we've seen a little, you know, a few too many moments of madness from Danny Mandroyu, but the, the magic side of things, you know that he's capable of it and you know that... You know, it just needs teasing out of him. And once he's in that, you know, once he's got that and once he's in a vein of form, I think it's similar to what you were saying about Ted, where, you know, he's he's maybe not found the relevant position or, you know, whatever it is that something hasn't quite clicked. I mean, the Danny Mandroy that we saw at the start of this season, he was unplayable, you know, for, for most opposition. He was absolutely superb for us. And I just think that, obviously, the the off the field stuff which stemmed from his you know his, his red card and it led to mark kennedy hanging him completely hanging him out to dry i think that put a ding in things with like you say certain sections of the fan base but also i think it severely dented danny's confidence um obviously the, the club did enough to put him out there in in front of everybody else and say look okay I've apologised to my teammates, I'd like to apologise to the fans, and he's kind of tried to build that back up. But I still think there's a player in there that that will do good things for Lincoln City, whether it's going to be great things, I don't know. I still think he's a player that you keep in your squad if you can you know, negotiate the contract that suits all parties. Um, and I'd, I'd, I would be... I'd say I'd be surprised. I'd be probably shocked more than surprised if he were to go in the summer. Um, but I would, yeah, I, I think there would be, to, to me, I'd, I'd put an extension or a new contract offer in there because, I, like I say, I just know that he's capable of, of just ridiculous things with the football in League One. I agree. I'm, I've always been one of Danny Mandroy's biggest advocates since we very first saw him in a Lincolnshire last October. Absolutely. I think it's a fantastic player. I just I just don't feel like his future at Lincoln City is as good as or you know, he's going to be as good as what myself and others maybe will have hoped. And I think it's it's one of those where I think he could do great things for us in the future. Absolutely. But there's that question mark with a potential wage cap coming in as well mm. would we maybe prefer to to look elsewhere and you know have we maybe already got that kind of ready-made replacement in terms of a technical number 10 uh, not just ted but obviously jack moylan we've not really seen that much of but are the club maybe seeing him as kind of the natural successor of that danny mandroyu squad position and you know Obviously, you, you want you want you want all of the best players to be at your team. Of course, you do. But yeah. there's also got to be, uh, you know, a, a smart level of sort of squad selection uh, mm. and kind of squad management. And it, therefore, it wouldn't surprise me. I'll be honest to see uh, Danny move on in in the summer if it is true that his contract is out. But who knows? Yeah, no, it's it, it's always good to have a, a good old healthy discussion. So. <laughs> Yeah, there's there's plenty of uh, plenty of things, you know. Like you say, there's, there's the the numbers on transfer marks and and everywhere else. Is it transfer marked or is it transfer mark? Like the I always thought it's, it was kind of like a German for transfer market. No, it's just transfer I, that's market. probably very it's wrong. Basically, it's basically transfer market just without the e. Without the e, yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's actually <laughs> all it is. I don't think it's I don't think it's very German. Uh, I mean, no. it might be. Just probably not. No, someone's probably going to comment, as usual, say that that's just idiotic. But no, look, fair enough. Right. It, it'll that's, be me. 
It'll be you, yeah. You'll, you'll, you'll check it on Wikipedia. No, it'll be, it'll be gas. It'll be gas. <laughs> <laughs> gas won't listen to this. Um, right, it's so... Likely, um, <laughs> you have just briefly typed as well that there is also Lewis Monsmer and Hacks. I'd, yeah. I think Hacks' future is is set. You know, he, he seems... No, to because he's scoring now and doing well. <laughs> bring him back. Too, bring so him back. No, I think, look... I, I, marked is German. It is. It is. Hey, Ben wins. Oh, um, I can't type that comment that calls you idiotic. That's all going to type it about me. <laughs> <laughs> um, so yeah, look. I mean, obviously, you know, hacks. Um, I don't like the term "found is level" because it's it, it can be quite demeaning. But I think he's found his level. <laughs> no, no um, I, I don't. I don't think it's finding his level. I think he's just simply found a system. Yeah, um, yeah, that's fair. Team that you know that there's a lot of there's been a lot of ups and downs with with hacks during his Lincoln City career. Let's you know we've gone through them tenfold over in different podcasts, obviously. Um, but the club have never ever faulted his professionalism as a, as no. a man, just as much as a player. Uh, and I think you know he's one of those where obviously it's un- it's unfortunate it hasn't worked out here, but. I am glad to see him doing well elsewhere. You know, it's not like a it's not like a Chris Maguire where, you know, there's he couldn't the, be asked here and then like, There's that you know. cer- yeah, there's that sort of certain yeah. level of just dislike, I think, from a, from a lot yeah. of the fan base. So I think with Hacks it's one of those where it's like, do you know what? You've you've done actually quite a bit for this football club during the sort of different times you've been in and out of the squad. So go off I with think- our best. Yeah, I think there's a mutual respect there. I think Hacks obviously had respect for the club, and I think you know the fans have got respect for Hacks for for a what he did, you know, during his his run in the team this season, um, and b you know for for the way that he conducted himself. Because like like we've said on this before, you know, he could have just said no, not playing. You not put me in the team photo and, and all the rest of it. But um, and then obviously you mentioned Lewis Monsmer. Um, I thought that the club had given him a contract extension. I. I didn't yeah. realise so, that that is the one that ends this summer. So as far as far as, far as I'm aware, I, I mean I may be wrong, but I'm almost certain that he is out of contract this summer. Right. Okay. Um, so yeah, I. That's a conversation that I'm really glad I'm not part of, <laughs> because we all know what Lewis has gone through, um, and you know it's incredibly tough to have one career-threatening injury let alone two and the fact that the club gave him the contract contract extension while he was injured showed that the club value him very highly and you know they wanted to treat him you know well as a you know as as a person um i don't know what we do with lewis monsmer <laughs> It's it's a really tough call because he is an undoubtedly a superb centre back, but we have a few of those now. Hmm. So, with with hmm. I've kind of you know what, gosh, we're thirty seven minutes in and we've not actually spoken about a game yet. Um, <laughs> so you know I'll, I'll keep it brief. But for me, Lewis is the sort of player very similar with last that. Your heart, you you just want to see at this football club on a oh, lifetime. Yeah, you, you know, you you want to bring them in on a lifetime contract. <sighs> For me, I don't see it happening. I don't see his contract being extended. I'll be honest. Would I want it to be extended? As long as it was, I, I don't know what his wage is. By the way, you know, it's purely speculating. But as long as it was for a, a massive pay cut, and that sounds really really harsh to say, but it's like. Obviously, I mentioned earlier the, the potential wage cap coming in, and if we're sort of having to kind of sort of start worrying about that, is yeah. a player that has unfortunately had horrendous injury record, and it's obviously through no fault of his own. And it's it is really really unfortunate to see, but he's one of those where personally, I would shake his hand, wish him well, and hope to see him down at Sintel Bank whenever his team are playing to come and support the lads because I think I think he would. Yeah, simple as that. No, I'd, like, I'd, I'd love to see him. I'd love to see him play, you know, again. But there is a very real fear that I think we've seen yeah. Lewis Monsma kick his last ball in Lincolnshire, which is, you know, slightly heartbreaking. But um, that's going to, uh, <laughs> that's a really sad way to end that discussion. Should we go to an advert and try and just cheer it up a bit and yeah, have a player 
tell you what you're listening to. Yeah, let's have a let's have a little <laughs> break. We go cry. <laughs> <laughs> um, so yeah, we'll we'll go to a quick break. And when we come back, I am going to be joined by one of the lads from the Ale and the Veil podcast. Before myself and Charlie have a discussion about Saturday. The Talksport Fan Network is proudly supported by Muck Delivery, bringing you the food you love. Muck Delivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door, including my favourite, the quarter pounder with cheese. Mm. No matter the result, you'll always be winning with Muck Delivery. So the only thing left to say is, are you in? Order now on the McDonald's app, and you can also get reward points delivered too. So the ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus rewards registration required. Points only on menu items. Delivery fee and terms apply. See McDonald's.com. I'm Ethan Arahon, and you're listening to the Stacey West podcast. Um, it, it's it's an interesting one, isn't it? It's a it's a very long contract, which you don't normally see in football. But this is the second one that we've given out now. Um, Daryl Clark had a, got a similar one um, during promotion season, um, and then and if, sorry, the season after promotion, Daryl Clark got a similar yeah, either that or somewhere. But Clark, he got a five year deal anyway which was quite a surprise to people. And then now Moraz. So I suppose the only thing um, you can say is it offers some stability to him and us in that way. But it, if, if, he, if he does well and somebody comes and poaches him, it means we're doing well. So you kind of, you kind of look at it a bit both ways, really. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, it's a really good appointment, whether he can keep us up or not. I really don't know. I really don't know. Um, we need to start getting points, not just not even winning games. We need to start getting points, and it's it, yeah, it's 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 been difficult recently. We're probably in the worst form out of anyone in the the whole world at the moment, um, or so it feels. As always, Carlisle. Yeah, but even <laughs> even then, it's that they beat us. So, what can we? You know what I mean? Like, it's very true. Yeah, so that's it's kind of it's just yeah, it's just painful at the minute to watch. But hmm. you've got to give the you've got to trust that he's he's the right man for the job. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, who knows what's going to happen? And hopefully, no offense to you lot, but hopefully the 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 revolution begins on Saturday. Well, look, it's the second time in as many weeks that we'll have played um, a team with a new manager in his first game at home. So, you know, we, we got a one-all draw away at Charlton um, with Nathan Jones' first game in charge. Obviously, you know, we're, we're kind of hoping for a slightly better result against you guys at the weekend. But, you know, let's 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 talk about this run of form because it was, I think, your last win came... Uh, in the last game just before Christmas, and it was uh, a game, uh, sorry, just before New Year, sorry. Um, a, a result that probably raised a few eyebrows and that you beat Blackpool 3 0. And then since then, you've only gone on to get two draws and the rest have been been losses. I mean, y- you had a pretty solid start to the season. So, what, what went wrong under Daryl Clark? And, you know, is there, a, are, you, are you fairly confident you can see the shoots of, of, What's going to help try and turn it round? I think at the start of the season, um, the, the the thing that went wrong was that we were only really winning games one nil. Right. So the the fact that we haven't scored many goals all season is is been been our big problem. Um, I think you saw when we came to your place that we were comfortable, and then one mistake and it kind of shattered everything so it, mm. it's 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 been a, it's been a, a strange old mix because we've played some good football and haven't got results we've played some terrible football and got results and then there's been a bit of everything in between now whether we can whether we can turn it round it's i suppose it's down to the key players coming back from injury we've got Ben Garrity back from injury now which is massive mm-hmm. um Mitch Clark isn't too far away and nor is James Plant. So you, you've kind of got to look at it that the better players that we've missed are coming back, but we, we need we need to 
as I said, we, we need to start being a bit horrible to watch and play against. Yeah. And that's, and that's the first thing. Once once you get some points on the board, then start worrying about what the football looks like. But at the minute, fans, fans want points over performance. There we go. Thank you to whoever that was for. Unless you didn't get one. Apparently they're hit and miss these days, so we'll find out. But yeah, and of course, thanks to the lads from the Ailand Vale podcast. Um, I'm yet to record that as we do this, but uh, yeah, the full preview will, of course, as always, be available on the Stacey West YouTube channel, which is youtube.com slash Stacey West, or just search the Stacey West. Get yourself subscribed and, uh, you know, it all helps. So Saturday, away at Port Vale... Let's talk about the Imps first, Charlie, because um, in the press conference this week, Marcus Gabala has said that Rico Hackett is close and will play some part of the game on Saturday. So he will play some part in it. Um, Freddie Draper is still out and Adam Jackson is uh, training, but it's potentially too soon to see him back on the pitch. He is, always, well, of course, wearing the mask of Jacko. Um because of his uh, his broken nose. Um, and then there is also the conversation around Ethan Hamilton, who uh, he, he's still got to go and see another specialist. So not 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 too major in terms of squad headaches. I think that there may be a similar, if not identical, lineup um, to you know the, the Exeter game. Um, I wouldn't begrudge that at all. Uh, although it did, you know, give us a few surprises on Saturday uh, when we saw the lineup as the, uh, you know, as the as the missing people. But um, yeah, I mean, well, yeah, pretty much as you were for, uh, for Saturday. Yeah, uh, by the by the sounds of it, it's going to be sort of very very similar to that. Um, obviously, Rico playing some part of the game, a little bit kind of dubious as to whether or not that, you know, maybe means thirty minutes or sixty minutes. Um, obviously, you know, he is a fantastic player. So, quite frankly, the more the more of him we see, the better. Well, that's a bit weird, actually. Uh, the more football <laughs> he plays, the more football he plays, the better. <laughs> well, you know, whatever lights um, your candle. But no, well, we did say the same thing about Ben House, and Ben House played ninety well, minutes on Saturday, which was no, exactly phenomenal yeah. to see. But look, let's look at Port Vale then. Um, so they've not won. This year, the last game they won it was the 29th of December. They've lost to teams in and around them recently. I think they've lost to Reading, they've lost to Fleetwood, they've lost to Cheltenham. They're on a bad, bad run. I think they're the second worst team in the form table at the moment, um, only beaten by Carlisle, um, who I think well, the only reason for that is because Port Vale have had two draws and Carlisle have just lost everything. Um, and then they've gone and appointed Darren Moore, which was a bit of a shock appointment, wasn't it? It it was. Um, <laughs> I think the biggest the biggest shock there was the fact they've given him a five and a half. Yeah, year they've given contract. him a lengthy contract. That's mad. Um, that was probably that's probably the biggest shock. But look, Port Vale on paper, pretty bad side, but. First of all, as you've said, new manager in. Uh, potentially scary new manager bounce for the, for his first home match. Hope not, but there's a potential there's a potential of that, of course. Um they obviously had a really, really solid start to the season. Mm-hmm. It has gone considerably worse, shall we say, since then, you know, including some uh, some pretty poor results in there, you know. For example, losing to Fleetwood 3 0 the other week. You know, you know, one of the poorest Fleetwood sides, one of the poorest League One sides we've seen in, in oh well, as long as we've been in uh, in League One anyway, and they, they are unbelievably disappointing, uh, very susceptible to losses. But Port Vale managed to lose to them, obviously. <laughs> so, <laughs> hey, hey, I'm backing you up here, okay, because <laughs> I'm saying that they're terrible, so you're welcome. Uh, but <laughs> Port Vale do have some good players. Now, okay, they lost a couple of their better players in the um, January transfer window. They had on loan, for example, Ollie Arblaster, who they have for the first half of the season. He was on the bench for Sheffield United in the Premier League last week. Although, then again, that really means nothing with Sheffield United. They start with a sooner up top. Um, <laughs> so it really, really does mean nothing. Like I say, they have got some solid players within that squad. But again, 
The point is they are a really poor side on paper. They've not quite figured out. It's very hard to preview this one because they've not figured out what their system is going to be. Darren Moore has already trialled out two different systems for them in his two games, both last Saturday against Cheltenham and midweek against Reading, where he played a 4-2-3-1 and a more of a 3-5-2. So it could end up being that they sort of play a very similar formation to us, uh, you know, just try and match us man for man. That's the potential of that. Or they could obviously go to their 4-2-3-1 that they trialled in midweek. Both of them, obviously, they lost with. So it's like, <laughs> really knows which one they're going to pick. It's it's very like I said, it's just unbelievably difficult to try and preview this one. Um, our yeah. record against Darren Moore also doesn't look very good. Darren Moore has beaten us four times. We've drawn with him three times, and we've only beaten Darren Moore's teams once. Can you remember when that one game was, by any chance? Uh, I, was he at Sheffield Wednesday when we beat them at home? It was 3-1 victory there when Sam Shady first turned up. Yeah, exactly yeah. Right. Before then, he went on trial at Boston that started this season, of course. Um, <laughs> I, I apologise for that still if you're listening. He won't be listening. He won't be at the moment. He, he, he might, because he might have a dartboard with all of our faces. <laughs> Just the whole crowd that day. Um, God, that was, a, that was a horrible day. It was a brilliant but, day, but it was a horrible day. Uh, yeah. But yeah, look... They're, like I said, really, really difficult to, uh, to predict. They're a team that like to concede quite a few as a general rule of thumb as well. well. I was going to pick up on that because the, the one thing when I was looking through this, Port Vale have only scored three fewer goals than us this season. Mm-hmm. But they've conceded an awful lot more. Yeah. So, I mean, obviously, you know, the finger's pointed at the defence and it's, it's something that I'm going to ask um, the guys at the Vale just say, look, what's gone wrong? Without you know being incredibly cliche about it, you've got to score more goals than you concede, and they have conceded a lot of goals this season. So, yeah, it's a really strange one. I, I don't know if he can maybe if if more can maybe you know shore the back up a little bit. Is it going to save them this season? Can you see them staying up this season? Is is essentially what I'm going to get at? Ah, uh, can I? That you see that is a. Very big question. I'm going to say no, because okay. as as much as I think they've probably brought in one of the better managers to be able to do that in Darren Moore, it is still, you know, Darren Moore coming in is still kind of more of a name signing rather than a signing yeah. that's going to necessarily be able to help them at the bottom end of League One. Um, Cheltenham under Daryl Clark have, you know, been really resurgent since they're obviously terrible starts of the season under uh, Wade Elliott. So I think they're probably more likely personally than Port Vale to climb out of that bottom four. But then it would mean Charlton maybe dropping in in 20th. As much as you know, we, we, we kind of laugh and joke about Charlton potentially going down, I'd still, I'm struggling to actually predict them in the bottom four. Shrewsbury in 19th, well, I am going to predict them in the bottom four, actually, because I put them in there at the start of the season. And <laughs> I think they have had a very poor season. I don't know, a very strong side. They've not scored many at all. They've scored 23, which is the lowest in the division as well. But I'll be honest, I don't see Port Vale really taking over any of those teams above them. Um, so, mm-hmm. but that doesn't mean that this is going to be an easy game. This is going to be a game where we're just going to simply have to face the side that's in front of us. We're going to have to truly focus on ourselves because, you know, something Mark Kennedy used to always say, it used to really, really bug me when he said it, actually. One of the many things he said in press conferences that bugged me, but (laughs) he was always like, oh, we focus 80% on us and 20% on them. It's like, well, yes, obviously. Of course you're going to focus on yourselves, but... But what do you think about the... Like, answer the question. Don't just say we focus on ourselves because that's obvious. We know that's what you spend the whole week on the training ground for. But anyway... um, Calm down, Charlie. Calm down. I know, Jesus. Um, But I do think this is one of those where we genuinely do have to focus considerably more on ourselves than the opposition than what we maybe normally would purely because they're they're going to be so difficult to read. Ted mentioned it in his pre-match press conference earlier, sort of saying... Quite frankly, you know, we don't fully know. We know that they're they've got good players. They are a strong side on my day. We've just kind of got to fo- focus on ourselves and play our game. Yeah. In terms of prediction, um, I'm going to go for a. Uh, do you know what? 
I half wanted to predict a loss, but it's like, I can't do that. I'm a Lincoln fan. Because <laughs> this, my mind in this scenario goes back to last October. Mm-hmm. Now, in fact, cast your mind even a little bit further to that, further back than that, to 17th of September, Bristol Rovers away last season or season before. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah last season, not last year, but September 17th, 2022. That's what I'm asking for. So we beat Bristol Rovers 6 3. Great, you know, we won, we scored six goals, but it was against a team who were playing three at the back, and none of those three at the back were actual centre halves. Uh, they were playing like wing backs in a centre half and that sort of thing, and a CDM, and it, it was unbelievably poor, anyway. And we still conceded three as well, and it was really disappointed. And Mark Kennedy was like, look, we'll take the three points, we're happy with that, of course, but we really need to be showing ourselves up. A week later, the game against MK Dons that was supposed to be happening at home got postponed due to international call-ups. So then we effectively had like a two-week break on the training pitch, which was obviously utilised. We ch- kind of changed our shape to that five-back, really sort of shored up um, the squad and all of this. And it was like, brilliant. Okay, we're, we're now looking forward. We're going to October. We lost against Bolton. All right, pretty disappointed. 2-0 loss. It wasn't the greatest. But then we went ahead and obviously got results against, uh, I'm trying to think it was Charlton we got results against. We got a draw against Sheffield Wednesday. Um, we got the win against Ipswich. We got the win against Barnsley. All within that month. It's like, oh my God, this is amazing. This is amazing. Um, then we had Port Vale on the October 29th, I think it was, or something like that. So that was mm-hmm. the, kind of the last game of that month. So like, oh, we're on like a really good run. You know, we're going to go there. We're going to steamroll them. We're going to keep this run going. Brilliant. And we lost 1-0. And it was a really disappointing performance. I don't want that to, to happen this weekend, obviously. But I can't get them back. What you're saying is that... The, the, mind. It's like, are yeah. we going to have vu? <laughs> what you're saying is that they're probably going to pop the bubble is kind of... I don't, don't, no, you're, I, don't you're, I don't think you're worried are, that the bubble's going to get I, I am very worried yeah. and yeah. if you know I, like I said I, I don't think they are so I am going to go with a 2-1 away victory um, okay but I mean I'm we'll have to see. yeah I think I think um, I'm probably going to join you on that but I think we may just be a little bit stronger than than we're possibly expecting I'm going to say 3-1 away um, I'm the, the stat that I'm <laughs> absolutely the stat that I'm slightly more interested in is uh, are we going to win? Are we going to see this game end with 22 players on the pitch? Because the last two games that we've had against Port Vale have consisted of five red cards. So you know there are I wouldn't say question marks but people are, are kind of throwing things out there with regard to some of our disciplinary records this season. I think we are standing up to things a lot more than we have been in the past and I know we've obviously had two players with two red cards this season. I'd be very intrigued to see if that if that little run of uh, form so to speak continues. Um but yeah, I I think I think 3-1 away win. Um, is is not off the cards on Saturday, like you say. I think Darren Moore is is still trying to to maybe get his head round things and say, right, well, what's going to be the best situation? What's going to be the best formation that we play? How are we going to set up? Is you know who fits into where? Um, and like you, I think you know, looking at things on paper, there's not a huge amount of stuff to to shout about there, is there? No, there really isn't. Um, but how many times have we said that about teams in, in our division? It's true. <laughs> yeah, it is very we, true. We, we are still going to have to go there and be, I think, at close to our best because they're going to be up for it. Oh, yeah. Like I said, first home game under more, they're very much going to be up for it. The players are going to have something to show. The fans are going to be behind them, supporting them. Um, we're, I think we're taking about 600 Um you know, so it's. I think it's going to be a good. It's going to be a good day, just as much as it is a good game. And I just, you know, I, I, I say good game. I actually don't expect it to be that good of a game. I think it's going to be a little bit of cancelling each other out at times, and it might be a bit of a slog. But hopefully, we'll still be able to get the victory out of that. Yeah, I think um, it's a very obvious comparison to make. I know, but I think there will be shades of the Charlton game in this. Um, you know, they are going to be. Probably have a slightly bigger crowd than normal. Um, obviously, that wasn't the case at Charlton, but you know, I think we, they might get a few more bums in seats on Saturday. But um, I think if we can 
get an early goal or maybe you know one in somewhere at some point in the first half I wonder if we could potentially start to turn the crowd and you know it's it's that kind of a ground isn't it where if you go right if we can turn things early or if we can start to turn the crowd is it going to have an impact obviously you know they're not going to sack Darren Moore after one home game but is it going to be that you know things could be made quite difficult for him um so yeah, I'm going to stick with my prediction. I think uh, I think three one will be um, be a very very good result for us and keep this unbeaten run going. Which um, what are we on? Seven seven unbeaten seven. now is it? Yeah, seven. Yeah, that's not bad, is it? <laughs> you know, I think it that's... isn't. Funnily enough, I'm yeah. happy with that. Yeah, absolutely. And like you say, you know, so early we can keep racking up the points and not dropping too many, and we'll finish in sixth of the season. Um, so. No, we won't. Um, I, I'd be more than happy with finishing this season where we were last season or slightly higher. More than happy with that, especially with everything, all of the extenuating circumstances that happened, you know, in the run-up to Christmas and everything. It's just been, uh, yeah, uh, it hasn't been a consolidation season, but it's been a, a contingency season, shall we say. You know, you had plan A and then all of a sudden we've had to get a plan B in very quickly and it's uh, it seemed to be working at the moment. So that's Port Vale out of the way. Um, we obviously have Shrewsbury at home on Tuesday. The guys are going to look at that on Sunday for you. Um, but in the meantime, um, you know, get yourselves over to the stacywest.net. Sorry, just stacywest.net, not the stacywest.net. I wonder if that's a different site altogether. Um, but get yourself over to the website, check out Gary's post. Um, I believe it's called Yes, We Run. Um, and it's kind of, you know, our, uh, the thing about the fitness journeys, which we're kind of all on, um, and, uh, you know, we will probably plug this more or less every podcast. I think we've just passed the initial goal that we'd set for sponsorship. We would absolutely love it if you could chuck a few quid into the hat, if you're able, um, how's it gone this week for you, Charlie? Yeah, not too bad. Uh, obviously, like I was saying earlier on, very, very heavy weekend, um, when I say very heavy, I also mean considering the amount of beer and food that was oh, consumed. I <laughs> so I, I um, wasn't looking forward to going out on Tuesday morning uh, for a run, but actually really sort of enjoyed getting back to it. Um, yeah, so I'm happy with that. Like I said earlier, I was going to go today, but it's been pissing it down with rain all day. So I'll be honest, I put it off till tomorrow. Um, so <laughs> until it rains tomorrow, then I'll just put it off till like... April fourteenth. Uh, so no, <laughs> thank you, thank you for thank you for everybody that's obviously um, donated and sponsored us so far. It's really kind of humbling to have hit the initial target so quickly. Uh, and yeah, you know, please do if you can. Very much kind of keep it coming if you like, because yeah. uh, <laughs> yeah. yeah, the foundation the foundation do do so much so great work. Yeah. I think it's something that we'll kind of touch on on the podcast a lot more over the next coming weeks. Um, so, yeah, absolutely. Keep an eye yeah, on. no, the, it. Yeah, no, it's more than a worthy cause and we're, we're delighted that we are raising money for it. Not so delighted that we're putting ourselves through what we are to, to get to that point. But, uh, you know, look, it's been, um, it's been another testing week or so, I think. Um, I, I'm just annoyed that I let myself get to the point I did to be honest, because now it's, uh, you know, now I'm trying to reverse it. It's it's a lot easier to break something than it is to fix it. Let's just put it that way. Um, oh, agreed. I, I <laughs> would hardly say that I was anywhere near the, the fittest that uh, I could be or, revive, or have been in the past, you know, and it's um, I, that was very much kind of the key thing with wanting to, to do this because it kind of gave a bit of a motivational deadline, if you like. Like, yeah. Okay. It's all well and good starting a New Year's resolution. Like we all do it every year, but how often does it end up failing too quickly and kind of giving up on it? So it's kind of nice to have this sort of four month milestone. That was kind of my thinking behind it. And um, yeah, yeah. I thought, I'll tell you what did terrify me the other day, though. Check my emails on Sunday. It's eight yeah. weeks till I was like, oh no, no, yeah, no, exactly. Um, but yeah, no, it's it's been. It's been a challenge. We're, we're still doing it. We're still getting there. It still hurts. It's still going to be painful. <laughs> but uh, thank you to everybody that's I say, donated already. And thank you to everybody that's uh, passed on the kind words. Um, 
yeah, I had a, a very, very nice text from uh, from Chris Ray on Sunday, actually, after the game. Um, I think it was Sunday. It was early this week, anyway. Um, so, yeah, thanks for that, Chris. It, was, it gave me a real boost. Um, and thank you to everybody else that's uh, been so delightful with their words um, around all of this stuff. So, it's enough waffling for now, though. Um, I think, is it, who is it on Sunday? Hi, I believe it is Gaz and Chris. I am uh, I'm, I'm doing Port Vale on Saturday. I'm actually debuting on the fun bus. Uh, oh, very fun. I, and they had a seat come available today. Well, the other day, actually, and it still hadn't come today, so I texted him earlier. And, um, Fair enough. Well, go and enjoy yourself, mate. I'm sure it'll be... Yes. Sure, it'll be an excellent all-round day. Um, so, until Sunday, we will see you guys later. But until then, as always, up the imps. Up the imps. It's the 90th minute, and all your mates around watching the imps on iFollow. You've got your McNugget share boxes on the go. Your mate's already got booked for double dipping, but then you steal the last nugget, snatching all three points. Perfect. Order McDelivery now on the McDonald's app. You in. At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee, and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.